don't believe I... I just... That can't be real. You said you wanted proof. That's proof. I thought you were making it all up. A monster in a swamp? It's impossible. My dear Maxine, believe me, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Really? You're quoting Hamlet now? I always preferred this one. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Once more. Or, close the walls up with the zombie dead. Has a better spin on it, don't you think? Humorous. So what are we going to do? That door won't hold forever. Won't have to. When I say now, open the door and close your eyes. Why? What are you going to do? Take care of our monster friend. And you really don't want to see how. Why not? Ever see Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, but not for a while? Remember when the Nazis opened the Ark? Ah, point taken. Right. Now. Is it okay to open my eyes now? Yes. The monster's gone. Where did it go? Let me guess. It did the whole face-melting thing. No idea. It's gone, that's all that matters. Uh, That's one less trick I have up my sleeve. Come along, Max. Let's get out of here before we attract more of the locals. Swamp monster. Go figure. Hey, if monsters are real, are there also things like aliens? I suppose. Never met one. Come along. It was early February. After showing my new acquaintance Maxine Tremblay the truth of the world around her, I returned to my tower in the Rose Garden. Odd journals and notebooks with past events continued turning up in front of her dorm room, events I was often involved with in some part. I must admit I was quite curious who was doing this and why, but the mystery could wait another day. I was tired and all I wanted to do was rest. Oh, for the love of Pete. Go away. Whatever it is, I'm not interested. Hello, Baron. Ah. Now there's a voice I haven't heard in quite some time. The person who so rudely interrupted my quiet evening at home was a petite, pretty woman with short red hair. She stood there, alone, at my doorstep. It was never a good idea for a woman to be out at night alone, but this wasn't just any woman. This was Hadley Price. Anyone who thought she would be an easy target for mugging or rape or just hooligan harassment because she was so small and unaccompanied would no doubt meet a quick death. And pity those she arbitrarily decided to make that death not so quick. In a way, Hadley sort of reminds me of my sister Zoe, deceptively youthful and innocent in appearance, downright cute, but deadly. What could be so important that she would visit me personally? What do you want, Hadley? Well, you know what they say, when in Portland, visit Byron. I'm in Portland. Nice to see you again. Now go away. The hand.
his hand? Yes. What about it? It's missing. Missing? Yes, it's been stolen. It's gone. This is confirmed? Yes. Who has it now? We don't know. How did you get this information? I have my ways. Are you going to invite me in or not? (laughs) That's the thing about vampires, even one as powerful as you. With all of your destructive potential, you can't walk through an entrance threshold of anyone's home without being asked in. Don't waste my time, pale man. We need to discuss the hand. Indeed. Miss Price, would you please do me the honor of entering my humble abode? really good at faking the manners of a gentleman. When it suits me. Come in, let me take your coat. Thank you. So how long has it been? A few decades. Oh, yes. That nasty business in Pennsylvania. Parts of the cover-up on that clearly indicated your participation. Can't have the humans knowing that zombies exist. Besides, in that... I got a few pointers on how to deal with them. You'll never know when I'll find that information useful. With anyone else, Hadley, I might offer a spot of tea or a bit of sherry. Even mead, which I am out of at the moment. But I do happen to have a bottle of blood wine. Care for a glass of it? With anyone else, Byron, that offer would be nothing more than a made-up Klingon beverage. But I'm fairly sure you, of all people, have managed to get a hold of a real bottle of blood wine made from real blood. No Star Trek fanboy spaceman want to be involved. It is. Then yes. Please. Right. This way, then. Join me in the library, but don't touch anything. If handled improperly, there are things here that may be a danger, even to the likes of you. Don't touch any of Byron's toys. Got it. Thank you. Mmm. Delicious. I hear you're now romantically involved with a human man. I hear it's quite serious. That's my personal business and none of yours. As you wish. So tell me, my dear Hadley, what else do you know about the hand? That's the thing about this. It's gone. The person who had it in safekeeping has been very selective about who knows about its theft. He knows that, I'm telling you. The last thing I heard about the hand is that Jack had it. That pretty boy Yank owes me 50 quid. Prejudice against Americans, Byron. Let me remind you, I'm an American. That's just a disguise and you know it, Hadley. At least I don't take on the affectation of an accent. Anyone who knows you knows you're not British. It's a bloody good affectation. (laughs) It is. You do wear it well. So why are you telling me about this? Why don't you just tell him? It is his hand. He's kind of hard to nail down. He's a time traveler. And I'm guessing you can do that too. Yes. 
but it comes at a great cost and often ends in insanity. Well, I can't. Are you admitting that the mighty vampire Hadley Price has her limits? That there's something she can't do? I don't know about that, but I can confirm that she hates being talked about in the third person. Brilliant. <laughs> the witty banter of Hadley Price. How delightful it is to be in the company of someone who doesn't totally bore me. I hope for the duration of this conversation that you can maintain the high level of only partially boring me as well. We'll see about that. Now answer the question. Why not him? You may travel in time, but you're in the present more often than he is. The present is a relative thing. True. But right here and right now, I'm telling you this. Get to the point, Hadley. You're wasting my time. I don't have a lot of it left. Throughout history, the humans thought you were many things. Some thought you were the devil, Satan personified. Mr. Logan often found that annoying, but do go on. Some thought you were some sort of god or vampire. Some even thought you were the god. Sorry, last I knew God was going around as a black cat. Calls himself Berry. As for a vampire, no thanks. They may call me the Pale Man, but I do like having the option of getting a tan. No offense, Hadley. None taken. Even vampires I know, who are centuries older than I am, aren't exactly sure what you are. You are an enigma to those of my kind who are thousands of years old. Don't you love a man of mystery? You're no mystery to me, Byron. Oh? Amuse me, do tell. With all of time and space available to you, the entire universe to choose from, why do you currently live in the 21st century, on Earth, in Oregon? And why among the humans? I have my reasons. You like the humans. My agenda is my own. They happen to benefit from that sometimes. I don't have that option. My people need them. We have a vested interest in keeping them alive. But that's my issue, not yours. I don't know what you are, Byron, but I know one thing about you. Again, do tell. You protect the humans. That may or may not be true, but what does the hand have to do with all this? The hand to immortals like you and me. Technically, I'm not an immortal. As I was saying, immortals like myself and Jack and him. Nothing. The hand's regenerative power is something each of us already have. The real problem with the hand is if it gets, excuse the expression, in the hands of the humans. It could prove a problem. Imagine what the watch would do if they took possession of the hand. Or Mr. Arcadia's initiative, for that matter. Yes, they tend to be irritant to those like us. Irritant? The watch kept me prisoner for a good part of the 20th century. I heard about that. Why did you let them capture you? I got sloppy. An ego thing. Won't happen again. In either case, with one foot firmly planted in the religious mysticism of the past, and the other firmly planted in cutting-edge human technology of the 21st century, the watch is in a very good position to unlock the potential of the hand. Can you imagine what sort of perversion of life and death and everything between they would release on the world? What monsters they'd create? Can you imagine what the hand would enable them to do in the name of apologetics? I would prefer not to, thank you very much. In its history, the Watts family have had ties to the church. I don't suppose you're ignoring how those vampire hunters could benefit from the Watch getting a hold of the hand. Ignoring that? Of course not. 
You're not the only one with an agenda. Quite. I have to get going now. It's been a while since I had a nice glass of blood wine. Very tasty. Thank you. Here, take the rest of the bottle with you. You? Being generous. Don't let it get around. I rather enjoy my egotistical, selfish bastard reputation. Allow me to put your mind at ease. Your egotistical, selfish bastard reputation is well in place and shows no signs of changing. Oh, goody. I was really concerned that I'd lose sleep over that. And people wonder why you're single. In either case, the bottle is a very kind gesture. Thank you. Allow me to help you with your coat. Thank you for your welcoming hospitality. Please get back to me if you hear anything about the issues we've discussed. Always good to see you, Hadley. Stop by again and visit in another 50 years or so. I watched her as she walked away, down the path and out of sight, before I closed the door. Vampires are a strange lot. Some are so over the top in their behaviour. Others, like Hadley, blend in with the humans, making them more dangerous. But she was right. If the Watch had the Hand, there's no telling what they'd do with it. The Hand had the power to create and destroy. Mass slaughter of the non-believers, those who are human, or selectively targeting those who aren't. The Watch had nuclear weapons in its bag of tricks. They could already bring about a surgical genocide, but the Hand... The Hand could bring back the dead. As well as characters in history who were never real, just myths. The Hand had the potential to create them. Or something that looked like them. Yes, a useful tool for apologetics. The human chaos across the planet in that would be... An inconvenient hindrance to my future plans. Still, it should prove very useful. Which is why it's a good thing I have it locked up here. So pretty as it floats in the bubbles of its glass container. In a short time I am going to need the hand and its properties if I am to find a way through my fate. But I still have time left to me. And there is still much to prepare for. Sorry to disturb you, sir, but I thought you might want... Oh, my, my apologies. I... No, I'm done, Mr. Doyle. I'm quite finished. Is she... well... you know... Dead? Yes. Yes, she is. She served her purpose, though. Now then, what is it you wanted? That pale fellow you have us watching. I thought you might like to know he had a visitor tonight. 
What sort of visitor? Not certain. He obtained a picture of the woman as she left his tower. Hadley Price. You know the woman, sir? Yes. Otherwise known as the heroine of Victoria. Or at least she will be one day. Could she be a problem for us? I'm not certain. Perhaps. Have your people keep an eye on her. Keep me informed. Very good, sir. Listening to the Byron Chronicles, A Year in the Life, Part 2, The Hand, written by Warren Onifer and Eric L. Busby. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Natalie Van Sistine as Hadley Price, Carissa DeWitt as Max, Dane Russell Leonardson as Mr. Doyle, and featuring Kareem C. Cronfley. Music by Kevin McLeod. Byron theme by Kai Hartwig. Script edited by Eric Busby. This episode was produced and directed by Eric Busby. This is Darren Marlar. You've been listening to an Eric Busby production. Copyright 2016.